0: Hello, hello, hello everyone, happy Monday. Praise God, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is Felicia Atlas bringing to you this morning another dimension of greatness, or shall I say this afternoon, we're running a little bit behind schedule, but it's okay because we've been in the presence of the Lord. And I just want to encourage everyone listening that, it is a great and powerful thing to be in the presence of the Lord. And this morning, I mean, I've been enjoying him for the last couple hours on so many levels um, through revelation, through visions and through Just exhortation and comfort, his loving kindness has so penetrated me this morning. And um, I just want to encourage everyone to find that place in God, to find that place in God and not necessarily the secret place, but just access through worship where he can come in and be himself. You know, you never want to be in a place. Listen to this. You never wanna be in a place where you can't be yourself. Think about that. Don't you feel very uncomfortable when you can't be yourself? God is a consuming fire. He needs a place to unfold and enfold himself. Fire enfolds and enfolds itself. It has its own personality. You can't tell fire how to come and go. You can't tell wind how to come and go. And so the Holy Spirit and fire needs a place to act out, to act bad. If you, if you understand what I mean, if you've ever had that experience where everything is unpredictable, but it's so great and glorious and God needs a place to act out. God needs a place to be himself. God needs a place to let his hair down, if you will. And so he loves to come in because he says, this is me. This is all me. I'm all encompassing. (laughs) I'm great and mighty in the name of Jesus. You know, and another thing that I was um, enjoying During this time of worship and just uh, meditating on the word and what he would have for me to share today. I'm just so tickled (laughs) Ah! because I love him. I love the Lord. He's a loving God and he's so many things and he'll show you different facets and he'll show you the loving face and he'll show you the powerful face and he'll show you mercy and grace, kindness, revelation. But um, two things today that he really showed me through the time of worship. One was beauty. The other one was greatness. And this is the Dimensions of Greatness podcast. We will always hone in on greatness and what causes a person to arrive at a place of greatness. I didn't write this word. This is the word of the Lord. And so it is my job and my duty and it's my design And the beauty of my design is to reveal the greatness of God to the people of God and to the people that are not of God, but they need to be. So that is my calling. And I'm, I'm embracing it more and more each and every day as he reveals himself to me. And another thing, you know, what God expects you to be, he'll show that to you through him. He'll show himself as that. (laughs) If God wants you to be a healer, he'll show himself a healer. If God wants you to be have an anointing of deliverance, you will understand how he delivered you in a peculiar way. And so God, I don't know why, and I thank him for it, but he has given me the very complex position to understand his greatness, and I appreciate it. So today, we are gonna get into some greatness by way of vision. And this teaching today is gonna deal with the beauty of the vision. How is the beauty of the vision that God has given you been designed? Every structure has a design. We've been talking previously a little bit, um, just to recap a little bit, about the Ezekiel anointing and how he prophesied to the bones. He told them to stand up an exceeding great army. There were four structures. There was the bones, there was the sinews, there was the flesh, there was the skin. And if you go back and listen to next week, last week, I'm sorry, last week was a blessing because there were two teachings. There was the Monday podcast, Dimensions of Greatness, Building the Vision, and then I didn't get to finish it. So I came back on Tuesday and I double back and I did another one. And that one was even greater. Greater works than these shall ye do. <laughs> and it was great. So go back and listen and it'll be a blessing just like this one today is going to bless you. I guarantee it. So let's get into it. I'm going to recap a little bit but not too much because we don't want to take up too much time like we did last week because there's so much to share. And I just, um, I want to compel you to come back each and every Monday to get a dosage. And I, I'm, I'm really uh, going to seek God about extending the 30 minutes. I like the 30 minutes because they're short and powerful, but the weight of the glory that the Lord gives me through revelation is just outstanding. And so we're going to try to get it into 30 minutes. It's going to be hard, but where we may be extending the time. So uh, email me at admin at dallasboss.com. Let me know what you think about the 30 minute time versus 40 minutes, 45 minutes, 55 minutes, 60 minutes, or what have you. Um, I was always... Um, I was always intrigued by 30 minute sessions because it gives you a little bit at a time, but it's powerful and potent and it'll stay with you. It's not too short, not too long. So we'll pray about that and see. Let's get to greatness. All right. So last week we discussed the four structures that Ezekiel imparted through his dispensation of building up the house of Israel by way of resurrection. So he was releasing a resurrection anointing to the people of God, but through death through the things that we think are dead, God told Ezekiel, I will prophesy through you. The vision is encompassing you. He was in a valley. He was taken up by the spirit and placed in a valley. But then the word of the Lord calls that valley to manifest life, calls a valley of death to be brought to life and through the four winds of the Holy Spirit, the four winds of the earth. And I did a little study about that last week as well. If you, you know, sometimes when you listen to people speak about certain things, it doesn't hurt to just research what they say, because you will instantly get a quickening in your spirit. If you just Google the four winds of the earth in the Bible and see how powerful that is. I mean, the two foremost visionaries in the word of God, Ezekiel and Daniel, and I don't want to call them visionaries. I want them to operate in the faculty of the prophet during this time of speaking of vision because vision is actually an apostolic calling. And so... Um, Daniel and Ezekiel, they had the greatest understanding of what vision actually means, in my opinion. And so Daniel speaks a lot about the four winds of the earth and so does Ezekiel. But the, the four winds of the earth breathed into these dead bones, these dead structures and cause them to live and stand in an exceeding great army and inherit so many beautiful things. But they did it through vision. So we've been speaking for the last four weeks about the power of vision. There's always a power. I'm sorry, a purpose for your vision, a principle for your vision, a power for your vision. So we're going to just jump right in. Ephesians 1 and 18 discusses the beauty of the vision. It says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Now, Paul is saying something very, very powerful. And I need you to just listen with your supernatural sight for just a moment. Step out of the natural and understand supernatural because everything that I'm sharing from this point forward is going to be marvelous in our eyes. Ha! Have you ever read that scripture? Marvelous in our eyes, marvelous in our sight. All right. Well, you're about to get a dosage of it. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. So This is Paul. Now it's very important and and today is going to be different because we're starting out in the New Testament. I normally start out in the Old Testament, but today I'm starting in the new and I'm going backwards because I want to show you how God designed. Today is all about the design. We've been talking about vision, building. Now we're talking about design. You cannot build without the design. I am in the process of looking for land. I'm building a home. I want it to be 7,000 square feet and me and the architect are going to have to come into agreement. He cannot build me a 3,000 square foot house. He can't build me a 4,000 square foot house. I want it to be 7,000 square feet. So we have to come into agreement. The power of my vision and the power of his capability to make it come to life will come together and become a dual anointing, a powerful manifestation and fulfillment of my heart's desires. So we're going to talk about the design of every structure, how it is imperative that it be impeccable, that the sight, that everything that lays eyes on what you do be extraordinary extremely powerful and exceeding greatness. Now I didn't write the Bible. This was written thousands of years before I was born. Paul says the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, to usward, to usward. It's to us. It's for us. It's in us. It's abiding in us through the hope of his calling. That's another scripture. When he talks about the hope of the calling, Paul was in a dispensation at this time as an apostle, as a man of God, as a chosen vessel used to establish a glory, a spiritual glory. Paul is the one that talks about spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Paul is the one that talks about spiritual riches. He says that what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And I'm going to teach you something very quickly. Whenever you're studying, if you ever see the word riches, whether it be New Testament, Old Testament, interchange it with access. So, so that we would understand the access of his glory. Because if you access the glory, you automatically get the wealth. If you access the glory, you automatically get the riches. And my daughter asked me one time, she said, um, she's came home for the summer, this past summer, and I was just talking to her about the goodness of the Lord and how great and grand he is and the things that were coming up and what the Lord was about to do and just encouraging her and the Lord. And she looked over at me and said, mom, how come um, the people, there are so many poor people that love God? But they don't have anything, and, and that's not funny. But in, in her in her young mind and I don't mean young in age, but young in the Lord, she doesn't understand how God can be so great and powerful and mighty in the lives of people. She knows God is great and God is good, but then it doesn't manifest in the earth realm. And so we want to come out of that. We want people to understand that the greatness of God through his power, the revelation, the the power of his fire and his principles and his purpose will rest upon a person. But it's so that the kingdom of God would be fulfilled on earth as it is in heaven. It is so that it will be portrayed and call people unto God. You have to have the greatness on you not for you. It's for the big picture, the big vision, the overall painting or portrait, if you will, that is in the mind of God for your life. So the eyes of our understanding needs to be enlightened that we would understand the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power. So his power exceeds greatness. So so the reason that greatness is important to God is because to get to a certain place in him, you have to get to a place of greatness. When you past that level, then you tap into something that's exceeding. So he's always exceeding abundantly above. He's always exceeding great army. He's always more than enough. God is never a little bit, I just want you to just get a little taste. He gives you taste, 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 and see that the Lord is good to cause a full appetite to attain greater in him okay and so what is the riches of his um glory of his inheritance in the saints we're going to get into that now eyes it says the eyes of your understanding so our eyes spiritually need to have an understanding if you are walking with god and i ask you what is the vision of god on your life and you can't answer me there's no word operating in your life i don't care if you read the bible every day i don't care if you pray every day if the word is not in operation, you won't not you won't have the vision. If the vision is not in operation it's because the word, the Rama word, the studying the Bible every day gets you logos. but when the word comes life, it gets you Rhema and we're gonna get into that right now. You guys hold on, this word is gonna be so good. Ooh, it's gonna be good. Now, understanding, the eyes of your understanding. So eyes means to gaze with wide open eyes. Something remarkable, an earnest inspection. So you have to inspect what the vision is for you to see the beauty, to see the grand scheme of things, the beauty and the meekness of your salvation. The Bible says he'll beautify the meek with salvation. To get that beauty that that David is talking about, you have to understand. Now, David also talked about the mount up with wings And um, the grand, the grace of the eagle next week, we're going to every week I try to talk about the eagle. God tells me to push it back, push it back. Because when you hear the teaching on what the eagle actually sees, the eagle's vision and understand why the eagle's eyeball is bigger than its brain you'll understand so much power and glory. I mean, God wants to take us into a beautiful season. We're living in a time where things are uncertain, they're shaky, but he wants us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And if you don't see the beauty in it, it's gonna be very challenging. Paul said that he was going to death, but he celebrated. How can you celebrate going unto death? He celebrated because he saw the big picture, the vision, the big scheme of things. And so God is saying vision in this season to encompass you, engulf you, and surround you in who he is. We're going to get into that right now, and it's going to be powerful. So open up your supernatural eyes, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would understand the hope of your calling, the hope, the expectation. In Jeremiah 29, 11 says he gives us peace and hope for an expected end fulfillment is the expected end fulfillment is not the vision manifesting. Now vision means manifestation. Dream means fulfillment. So fulfillment and manifestation are two different things. You can have a baby today. That means the baby was born. The baby's been manifested. The word of the Lord has been birthed in your life. Someone spoke a word over you, or you've got a revelation that means it was spoken. So once it's spoken, it's birthed. But the manifestation, the fulfillment of that word comes through certain acts, deeds, obedience, um, uh, instruction. And so that causes the putting the foot, one foot in front of the other and walking in faith and not by sight. So faith by walking, not by sight, is just splitting up two truths. You Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That's one dimension. Faith breeds the potential vision breeds, I'm sorry, hearing breeds the potential and faith and vision breeds the possibility. So vision brings the possibility. Faith brings the potential when you hear it. So the sound goes together with sight. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God doesn't mean that you can't walk by sight. You can walk by sight if you're able to separate the two glories. If you're able to understand that I'm walking in faith, I'm manifesting a word, then God will encompass you in a place of vision and cause it to be fulfilled through fruition and through an expected hope. I hope you understand that. Okay, I hope that wasn't too complicated. There's two different portals, walking by faith and not by sight. Faith that came by hearing the word. But there is another glory of operation, walking, movement that comes through the vision. We're going to get into that right now. I'm going to make it plain as day. There's understanding, verse 1 and 18, the understanding being enlightened. The understanding in this text means faculty, disposition in the mind to exercise an imagination. This denotes a channel, meaning traveling. So your mind needs to have the ability for the word to travel In your life, the word is traveling through a channel. You can't see the channel, but the vision is the channel. So the word is coming to you to be made manifest by way of this understanding means by way of. So let's try to interpret this text. The eyes of your understanding. Let's interpret it. It actually means a remarkable, the remarkable inspection of vision by way of enlightenment understanding means by way of enlightenment, the faculty of imagination to exercise your mind through a vision. So 1 Samuel chapter three, we're going to go back into the old school testament and understand how this happens and how this takes place. Listen very closely. In 1 Samuel chapter three, there were no open visions. Has anybody ever read that? The Bible clearly states in this particular time, there was no open vision. Now, if you understand Samuel and you know anything about him, his mother was barren. She couldn't have any children. She's the one that cried so intensely that Eli thought she was drunk. Now, I just got a revelation as I was saying that Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli wasn't even seeing, he wasn't seeing anymore. <laughs> he wasn't seeing right then. You ever have somebody, you're doing something in the Lord and somebody thinks you're doing something totally different. That person can't see. They can't see they're wrong. She was pouring her heart out and she was in the presence of God asking for a son. And that son ended up being Samuel. He ended up being the man of God. He ended up taking Eli's place. Now, if Eli would have saw in the spirit, this woman is praying for a son and he will be the next man of God, his whole destiny would have changed, but he was off. And now that it's all coming together, as I'm speaking it, he was probably off because of what was going on in his house with his sons. So let's continue. There was no open vision. Now, how can there be a prophet in the house of God who was Eli and there's no vision? There was only hearing. But even in the hearing, like I just said, it brings faith. So hearing will bring the word of God and cause it to manifest as a vision. So he, the Lord kept calling Samuel, calling Samuel. Samuel's running to Eli and saying, did you call me? Samuel did not know. Samuel wasn't in the place with God like he could have been because he would have said, you know, the Lord is calling you. So when when God is doing something in your life and people don't see it, do not be shocked by that. They're not gonna always see what the Lord is doing. I mean, Samuel went to Eli three times. The third time Eli said, oh, the Lord's calling you. (laughs) He didn't know it on the first time. He didn't know it on the second time. And so people are not always gonna understand what the Lord is doing in your life, but that's why God reveals himself to us. We don't have to go through people to get a grand revelation and vision for our life. God will reveal himself in a vision. How? Let's get into how. Did anyone ever know that in this passage when Samuel was called, that it says that the Lord stood and spoke to him in a vision? It says that the Lord stood up, it says it twice, God came into where he was laying down in the bed and he stood, he stood. And so that is another inclination that a vision will cause you to stand up. The vision will cause you to stand. It's something concrete because it comes from the word of God and the word of God cannot change. Why is this so important? This is so important because God shows us how he intends to design his vision in our life. He called Samuel three times to establish the word, to establish hearing. Now that you're hearing me, you can see me. So as he was seeing God stand, he's hearing the word of the Lord. And then he begins to deal with him about the dispensation. And Samuel, this is how you're going to operate in this season. First, you're going to remove, you're going to restructure. What do you mean he's going to restructure? First, I need to tell you that the man whose position you're about to take is is not in position, so I'm going to raise you up to f- to fill a void. So God always has a principle for the vision. Remember, I said there's always a purpose for the vision. There's always a principle for the vision. There's always a power for the vision. The purpose is for us. The purpose gives us fulfillment. Like it just said, the power toward usward, toward usward, who believe. So there's a, a, a purpose for every believer, every saint that will cause our lives to flourish. The purpose is for us. God has a purpose. He gives it to us to act out in the earth realm. And then the principle is for God. So God says, I will give you a purpose. You're going to, you thought you were going to build a house, but you're going to buy an apartment building instead, and you're going to start a homeless ministry that I will be lifted up and draw all men unto me through this homeless project. Okay, so God always has a principle. Now, if everything you're doing in life is for you, 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 you. And that's fine. People live like that every day. People live their lives every day and God is not involved. And that's fine. They still that doesn't mean that they don't have a a walk with God. They have a walk with God, but they can never attain greatness. Greatness is the measure. The thing that says God is living through me to this magnitude. It's all about measurements, scale, weight. It's all about the more, the adding, the exceeding. There are people that live successful lives every day, but success and greatness are two different things. The Bible says the name of the Lord is great and he's greatly to be praised. That's a whole nother level. If your name is great, he says in Genesis chapter one, verse 12, he told Abraham, um, I'm sorry, not one, Genesis chapter 12, verse two. He told Abraham, I will make your name great. For building again, the number four, he told him four things. I'll make your name great. I will uh, cause your name to be heard. I will establish greatness in your life. Well, how did he say it? Let me me pull that up. Genesis chapter 12 and verse two, because that's very important when, when you're dealing with a realm of greatness. Genesis chapter 12, verse two, I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and I will make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. Four dimensions of greatness, boom. Abraham, I will make of thee a great nation, meaning I will take you and build purpose. The purpose will come through my principles, the great nation. I will bless you. That's a whole nother dimension. You can make somebody great at something, but they might not have the blessing on it. He said, then I will bless you. Then number three, I then I'll make your name great. Okay. There's things that the Lord is doing in my life. He's blessed me. Number two, but nobody knows my name yet. He's doing it just, it's just between me and him. Nobody knows that I got 78 businesses going on in this office and that they're getting ready to come forth, but he's blessed me. The blessing of the Lord is upon me, but nobody knows it yet. It's just between me and the Lord and the angels for right now. But when I become a blessing and that greatness is released into the earth realm, everyone will know. So there's four dimensions of greatness. I just wanted to point that out. That wasn't in the teaching for today. That wasn't for today, but I just want you to understand that there are dimensions in God through greatness that he will put on your name. He'll put it on your name and make your name great in the name of Jesus. And so Samuel was being led by the word of the Lord, but he had something very important that he knew was coming, but he didn't want to share it with Eli. He was afraid to share it with Eli and Eli said, tell me, tell me now. Eli. When he heard, okay, now your sons are going to get killed, and this is going to happen in Israel, and there's going to be this uproar for a moment, but God is going to come and restore a different order. See, God was restructuring, and when restructuring happens, people are moved, things are shifted, a war might come about. So right now, as a whole, what God is doing with throughout the nation and throughout the nations, He's restructuring. So we hear rumors of wars. There's a famine. There are lack. There's lack of employment. There are people that um, are struggling because of the coronavirus outbreak and COVID nineteen. There's so many different things happening. But the word of the Lord has already come before the outbreak of COVID and political tension and warfare. Um, rumors, and he's already established a word to bring everything together. But right now the restructuring process is taking place. So Eli is getting ready to die. Eli is getting ready to die. He's going to fall backwards and break his neck. Now, Samuel has a forward motion word. He has the vision. God came and stood before him in a vision and gave him the word for forward motion, forward momentum to see the beauty of what's going to happen even in the midst of the storm. Eli did not get that prophetic word. Not only did he not get that prophetic word, he fell backwards, broke his neck. He fell backwards because he had no anointing on him and no vision. There was no open vision when Eli was the prophet of Israel. He had nothing to propel him into newness. And so that is a very dangerous place to be in when you know God and are called of God. If you have no forward mobility, you can't operate in the beauty of the vision. The design and the structure has to be built and you can't build. So he that's why he fell off of the gate. He fell off of the gate because there was no exit. There was no entrance. There was stagnation upon him. The Bible says because he was heavy. He was heavy because there was a buildup of stagnation, lethargy, immobility that was on him a weight that you can't move and operate in the word of God that's what was on Eli but it was because of how he operated his house. Now from the beginning of time God was always trying to get the house of Israel into the kingdom of Christ. So you have the house of Israel, the house of Eli that God is not pleased with so God is trying to introduce the kingdom but the house of Eli where the word is supposed to come from is not operating according to the vision of God. So he's going to move Eli out of the way, bring Samuel, restructure a new dimension of greatness, a new dimension of glory through the prophet Samuel. And so this is what's taking place. Now, the Bible says that Eli fell backwards because he had no forward word over his life because his sons were holding him back. We don't ever wanna be in a place where our spouses are holding us back, our family's holding us back, the ministry is holding us back. God is a God of forward motion. God sees the end from the beginning. So he's always moving towards fulfillment. The word has already come to manifest itself, to bring full fruition. And so if we get in the way of that process, we will break our neck. The neck signifies strength. Everything in your body operates from your spine. And if that neck is broken broken. The spine is broken. There's no movement anywhere. You can't move your pinky toe if you break your neck. You're done. You're paralyzed. And so Eli was paralyzing the movement of greatness in the people of Israel because of what his sons were doing. So the sons are going to be killed. The girl, uh, the daughter-in-law has the baby. Uh, The lady Phineas has the son. She names him Ichabod, meaning the glory of the Lord has left. Now, the glory of the Lord had not left. The Ark of the Covenant was moved because the agreement was shifted, but God was going to bring the agreement back through a different dispensation just because things are happening in your life and you don't see how God is in it, how God is in this COVID, how God is in this um, political uh, disagreement between him and him and how God is in what's happening in Nigeria and happening over here and earthquake and this and fires here. God is in it. The glory of the Lord has not left. The glory of the Lord is being restructured for a bigger picture. So you have to be able to see the beauty in the design. So right now, God is establishing beauty through the design of his word in your life. And all you have to do is seek him. There's so much more I want to discuss. I'm not exactly sure how I just talked for 30 minutes and I didn't even get into the teaching yet, but there's so much more because I want to talk about how God gave a powerful design to Uzziah. And Isaiah says that uh, in the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And I want to talk about how he saw the Lord high and lifted up, why Uzziah died and how Uzziah had such a powerful anointing on his life. But when he tried to get into a different design, he was the king, but he wanted to be the priest too. how he tried to go into the temple and get into a design that wasn't for his life and caused him to die prematurely. There was no beauty there and he forfeited the vision of God on his life. We're going to talk about that next week. Come back next Monday, you guys. Let's be great this week. Thank you for listening today.